Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this gathering of saints that we get to set aside a little bit of our time during the week and give you praise and worship you. Just want to say thank you again for being our Lord and Savior, for for dying on the cross. Lord, may you, we continue to glorify you throughout the message today. Lord, you know my heart. I feel like I have nothing to offer. I'm super nervous. I feel like I'm going to fail. But Lord, I believe, totally believe, that's the spot you you want me to be. So I can display, so I can show your power, your strength, your greatness, Lord. Lord, I'm only up here out of obedience. I pray that you honor me. I pray that you take all the glory because, Lord, I don't want any of it. So please, Lord, I pray for receptive hearts today and for changed lives. In Jesus' name, amen. First things first, where's Tay? There she is, Tay. Thank you for the song. Thank you for allowing your voice to be used for the Lord. I've always been a fan of your voice since the beginning. To everyone here today and for the people watching online, thank you for this opportunity. It is the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life. To Adel, thank you for the last three weeks of stress, (laughs) high blood pressure, and sleepless nights. No, I'm just kidding. He knows that I love him and I adore him. Probably not so much today. <laughs> just a preface before I get started. Like Dean mentioned, I've uh, shared this with the men, a few of the men. So I apologize if this sounds a rep- repetition. But I'm hoping you get something out of it still today. This message is near and dear to my heart. Because since I was given this assignment, the Lord's been working on me. And it's worth it. Every bit of it. So today I'm going to do something different. I'm not going to preach to you. I'm going to preach to myself. So you guys get to hear me talk to myself. Let's open the word. That means it's time for business. The Lord's business. The title of my message today is called The Power of Meekness. Meekness. It's a word that we don't, we don't use or hear a lot these days anymore. But before I tell you what it is, what it means, let me tell you what it's not. Meekness is not a weakness. It's not like this little mouse or worm that hides in a corner. Meekness is not just this frail person who doesn't say a word and that can be bullied around. 
It's not a feeble person that walks around with their head down and sits alone by themselves. Isn't this how the world sees meek? And believe it or not, to be honest with you, I, that's how I thought of what the meaning of meek was. And boy, was I wrong. Meekness is essentially an attitude or quality of the heart whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of someone else. That's from the Bible Dictionary. Let me repeat that. Meekness is an attitude or quality of the heart whereby a person, that's me, that's us, is willing to accept, submit, without resistance to the will and desire of God. It is also known as humility and gentleness, which is is part of the fruits of the Spirit. So that means no one can achieve meekness without salvation first. We have to be born again. It will be impossible to achieve it. Meekness is strength under control, power under constraint, knowledge that is in check. Jesus was the perfect example of having meekness. He had all the power, all the strength, all the knowledge to wipe out, retaliate, and humiliate those people that did him wrong. But he chose not to. See the difference? Let's go and take another example in the Bible. I'm going to pick on Moses today. Turn with me now to Numbers 12.3, NIV. Numbers 12.3. Now Moses was a very humble man. In some versions of the Bible, it says meek, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. What a compliment from, from God, isn't it? You know, in my little study about Moses, he became a great man of God, or as Tony Evans said, a kingdom man because of three things. And believe me, I've only scratched the surface. I'm sure there's more. But these three points stood out to me the most. My first point, Moses surrendered his will and gave glory to God. That's the first point. As we all know, Moses was not always perfect, and God had to shape him up, just like us. If you read Exodus chapters 3 and 4, we see Moses giving several excuses and outright requests that God send someone else. And I mean, this is after God made a grand entrance and a long entry to Moses. God showed himself in a burning bush. He's never done this before. Moses was the first one to see it. Burning bush without the bush getting consumed by the flame. And then he goes, Moses, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I've heard your cry. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to rescue you from the Egyptians, transfer you to a land full of milk and honey. All you have to do is show up to Pharaoh. And the first thing that came out of Moses' mouth was, let's look at Exodus 3.11. Exodus 3.11, it says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? 
First of all, that's not meekness. Moses simply showed a lack of faith. He's not necessarily doubting himself, but doubting the Lord's decision. I have a little experience on this subject. You know, when Papa called me in, he's like, Alan, come here. Pulls out his calendar book. He showed me a date without no explanation. He said, I have scheduled you on June 11 to speak. So I pulled up my calendar. I pulled up my phone, looked at my calendar, and I told him, oh, no, no, no. You mean June 14th? June 14th is a Wednesday. You want me to do a devotion on Wednesday? And he looks at me. He said, no, Alan. It's June 11th, Sunday. Then I said, oh, you mean you want me to sh- share during the breaking of bread? Okay, okay, no problem. All right. Sure, no problem. And that's when he gave me that stare. You know that stare when you're in trouble, right? And you know, I even remember he wasn't wearing glasses on that day, so he must have mistaken me for Dean. I mean, look, look, look at their resemblance. Dean's tall, I'm tall. We're basically twins from, separated from birth, right? So what was I doing? I was making excuses. Right, Papa? Instead, and a few minutes later, instead of saying, who am I to be up here? I told myself, who am I that I should know to my Lord? Who am I to argue with the God of the universe? Well, after several going back and forth conversation with the Lord, Moses eventually gave up his will and trusted the one who knew what's best for him and his people. He obeyed and fully surrendered to God no matter what it cost him and however tall the order was. He knew he was nothing without the Lord. Moses had to empty himself and gave all the glory to God. And when he emptied himself of all his flesh, that's when the Lord filled him up with his Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, humility from God cannot enter our hearts until we empty the pride in ourselves first. Pride gets in the way of having a deeper relationship with Christ. Moses also did not take credit for anything, and we shouldn't either. The scoreboard should always say me, zero, and God, 100, 100%. John 15.5, John 15.5 says, Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. In James 1.17, James 1.17 also says that everything good comes from God. That means that every success you have, every win, every good comes from him and him alone. And folks, if you ever doubt yourself, God's not looking for your ability. But your availability. You will never be alone doing his work. When you do his will, that's when the Lord shines the most. A surrendered life to Christ is the best life. Amen? So that's my first point. 
Second point, and this is one of my keys, this is one of my favorites, Moses spent time with God. Let's read Exodus 34, 28. Exodus 34, 28, it states that Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. Where? In the mountain. Just him, those two, just those two, without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the, ta- on the tablets the words of the covenant, also known as the Ten Commandments. So Moses not only spent time, but the best quality time. Moses cleared out his schedule and even canceled breakfast, lunch, and dinner on his to-do list. Nothing else mattered to him. Just, just imagine that. The conversation between the two must have been epic. Moses was there listening and taking every word that filled his soul for days in replacement of food and water. Now, I'm not saying you should spend 40 days in prayer alone and not eat. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when you're having your devotion, your quiet time with the Lord and reading his word, Spend good quality time and make it special. Our main goal is not just getting to know him better, but to be more like him. On that first day Moses spent time with the Lord, I bet he got tired of talking about himself and turned the conversation to knowing all about what God was like. I can just imagine Moses telling the Lord, Lord, you know, I'm having some issues with my, uh, with my, speech, my, my speech. Can you do something about it? I think it's my tongue or my throat. Lord, this Israelites that you gave me, you're giving me a migraine right now. So can you do something about that? And you know what? This back and forth uh, walking, my knees are buckling, my back's hurting, the staff is not doing enough justice. It sounds ridiculous, but isn't that what we do sometimes when we're having our prayer time? Do we treat the Lord like an ATM withdrawal machine and just waiting to get what we want? Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, it says in the Word that let your request be made known to God. But is that all about our time with Him is all about? Lord I, Lord, I have some bills that I can't pay. Lord, I have this health issue. I, I, can't, I can't seem to get out of it. Lord, can you work on my spouse? Lord, can you work on my kids? Lord, I want this. Lord, I want that. Spend time with the Lord. Listen. I know we can't hear him audibly, but he, we can see his words. It's all right here. This is his guide. This is his instruction. This is his love letter to us. This should be attached to our hip. This should be open every day. So spend time with God. You know, when I was given this assignment, you know what the best thing is? The best thing is not standing up here delivering this message. No, it's not. The best thing is when I was on my knees, spending time with, quality time with him. That's the best thing. 
So that's my second point. Third point and last, Moses was obedient and fully submitted to God. Let's go to Hebrews 3.5. Hebrews 3.5 says, Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. And then in Numbers 20.27, it says, Moses did as the Lord commanded, period. There's nothing else after that. I mean, there was sentence, but Moses... This meant that Moses had one job, and that is to obey God. We need to do the same. No questions, no complaints, no murmuring, no side comments. Nothing but yes needs to come out of our lips. And whatever the results are, they're all up to the Lord. No matter how they turn out to be, that's not our business anymore. Folks, this is meekness. And just like Moses had to submit to authority, the Israelites had to submit to Moses' commands as well. What does this mean to us? We as church members need to submit to godly authority. The elders of this church were just not specifically chosen to lead us and teach us, but to also correct us if necessary. Do not take their guidance lightly. And if you have a problem with it, don't give the messenger a bad time. Take it up with our big boss, and you know who that is. Folks, you will find it very difficult to submit to counsel and or leadership leadership until you submit to God first. And believe me, pride, our pride will fight against that decision tooth and nail. Meekness means you have to fight it along with God's grace. In 1 Peter 5.5, it also states, 1 Peter 5.5, I know I'm going through the verses pretty fast. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. That includes all of us, including me. So those are my three points of ways to achieve meekness. But what is the opposite of meek? Pride. Yep, pride. As I mentioned, before we can achieve meekness, we must empty ourselves of pride. We must kill it every day. There are several verses where the Lord hates sin of pride. And that's what it is. It's sin. Plain and simple. James 4.6, Proverbs 8.13, 1 Peter 5.5, just to name a few. You can check it at home for your reference. But since our time is constrained, I'm not going to share it. We need to see pride as the Lord sees it. Disgusting. Evil. Wicked. Vile. So that means we cannot handle pride with finesse or sensitivity, but with aggressiveness and determination. And that's what we do sometimes, right? Maybe. We try to handle pride with tweezers when we should be bringing in the jackhammer. Pride has sat in our hearts for too long and made itself comfortable. Well, it's time. It's time to put the Lord back in charge and in control of our decisions again. 
So we all know we have some kind of pride, right? So how do I know how bad it is? Well, just like when you see the, your doctor, you just don't come in there and with whatever you have and have them treat it right away. They have to do what it's called test first. These tests are done to know how severe your issue is and will help the doctor provide better treatment. So today, we're all going to take this test. Yes, I know. Six signs that you have pride. I pulled this up online, and you, can, you guys can too. It's not scientifically proven, but I thought it was pretty accurate. Six signs that you have pride. So the number one, you think you are humble. <laughs> one of the signs that you are proud is that you refuse to admit that you struggle with pride. Therefore, calling yourself humble is actually false humility. You try to convince yourself and others that you are humble, but you're not. Guess what, guys? I'm humble. That's not humility. Let someone else tell you that you're humble. And if they do, we thank the Lord. Second one, you do not accept constructive criticisms. Proud people have a hard time accepting failures. For this reason, they refuse to be corrected. They are offended whenever their behaviors or outputs are scrutinized. Hmm. Next one. You always want to be the center of attention. One sign of being proud is when you always want attention and appreciation. You feel like you are the center of the universe, maybe yours, so everyone should look or turn their eyes and ears to you. Next one. You are not teachable. Not listening to someone who is trying to teach you something is another sign of pride. It is either you think you know things already, or you think you know more than the other person. It could also mean you consider him or her inferior to you. Hmm. Next one, you do not listen to others' advice. Prideful people are also stubborn. Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> Very hot. Maybe it's just my tie, right, Dean? No, it's pride. They think they know everything already, so they, dis- they disregard the counsel of others. You are one of them if you brush off the advice. Last but not the least, You are critical to those who do better than you. One symptom of pride that you should watch out for is being critical towards others, especially those those you are insecure with. Pointing out their flaws makes you feel better about yourself and better than them. Boom. Wow, Alan, did you really go there? I did. You didn't even give me a warning. Look, I know I might have stepped on some toes today. Believe me, I didn't want to. I wanted to sugarcoat this message, especially on my first day up here. But but what I learned and realized is the first step of getting rid of pride is to expose it. The second step is all up to you whether you want to do something about it. You know, when you see the doctor, 
The doctor is pleased when he knows you are willing to do whatever it takes to get better. You know, Lord, uh, doctor, I, I, I will change my lifestyle. I will do some therapies. Lord, if need to, I will, uh, I will do surgery. Well, the Lord is the same way. Do we tell the Lord that? Lord, I'm willing to change. I want to change. I need some help, Lord. And Lord, maybe, maybe it will take some surgery in my heart. Do it. And let me tell you, it is worth it. And I hope you're not one of those people that will say, Lord, I think you're exaggerating. I I don't think I have that much pride. I want to get a second opinion. I beg not to. I don't want to leave you with this sobering thought, so I thought I'd leave you some with encouraging verses. What does the Lord think of meekness and humility? Proverbs 22.4 says, Humility and fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. I want that. Psalms 37.11 says, But the humble will inherit the land, and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. I want that. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then disgrace comes. But, humil- but, we- but with humility comes wisdom. I want that. James 4.10 Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. I love that. Psalms 25, 9, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. That's what he did with Moses. That's what he'll do with us if we are willing. And last but not the least, 149, Psalms 149, 4. For the Lord take delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father. We thank you for these words. We thank you for your word. Lord, you wanted, you've always wanted to take our relationship to the next level. You, don't, you love us so much that you don't want to leave us where we are now. But pride gets in the way. Lord, work on our pride. We need your help. Lord, doesn't matter how big it is, Lord. We know that you are bigger. You are more powerful than our pride. So please, I pray again that we just didn't tickle anyone's ears today, that we were able to move some hearts to action. Lord, let us do something about it. And again, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you that I'll be, I'm able to share your word like this. I pray that you be glorified. In the most precious name, amen.